0: Hey, welcome to A Little Better. This is week three of Heaven Questions. We're diving into a whole new list of questions about heaven. My name is Daniel. I'll be your host, and we're super excited. Have a very riveting conversation this week about questions that you, the listener, have sent in to us. Thanks for your engagement and all the questions you've sent in to us. We love having them. You can send more questions to podcast at northridgerochester.com. Remember, our goal in this podcast is to know Jesus better, and by the power of His Spirit, do better, so together we can be a little better. All right, welcome to A Little Better. We're super excited to dive into the next installment, week three of Heaven Questions. Drew, are you ready? I am ready. Brad? Mm -hmm. Ready. All right, let's just (laughs) dive right in. Uh, how can everything be so beautiful in its time when right now someone is going through depression, a miscarriage, starvation, etc.? Uh, I think this person is referencing probably Ecclesiastes 3 1, which you used in the first week of the series, a verse in chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes about heaven or eternity be written on our hearts. Um, yeah, so how would you guys answer that? I mean, this is, this is a genuine
1: hard pain of wrestling with life on this earth with all the injustice that we live with, the problem of evil and the rest, and just how, how you know, this is the, these are the kinds of questions that lead to how can there be a God, you know, how can, mm-hmm. when all this stuff happens. But uh, how, how can this in any way be good? Um, but uh, the, I, th- I do think that's one of the benefits of heaven is that we will understand how God used such... Horrible things, mm. and mm. part of it is the fact that, of course, that we live in a world that still has sin in it, and horrible consequences happen as a result of sin. And we want all the consequences removed, right? We, but but we can't mm. we can't remove them until the sin gets removed. Because mm. if yeah. the consequences were all removed, we would just be hopelessly alienated yeah. and satisfied with this earth. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I. There's unbelievable pain in that question yeah. right? for someone who's yeah. lived through a miscarriage or just again, you know, a murder of a child or there's just these yeah. these these horrible horrible things. But somehow we know that God is still in control. That mm. there is good being used even in our responses. The way we're devastated by mm. it. The way yeah. we cry out to God for a solution to mm. it. Um,
2: yeah, I, I I think you know. Earth is hard, right? It's full of sin. And what's interesting is when hard things happen, <laughs> what usually doesn't happen is when we walk through painful things, it causes us to doubt God, right? It causes mm-hmm. us to to be like, why would you use this, God? I think our, our response should be we should hate sin, mm-hmm. right? You know, most people, when they walk through something hard, they lose somebody they love. They're not mm-hmm. like, man, I just, I hate sin because mm-hmm. I know sin caused this. We, we blame God, because he's wow. sovereign, right? And mm-hmm. so I think when we walk through hard times, it, it does two things for us, right? It, it should give us hope that God's going to make all things right, right? Mm-hmm. So all of this is going to go away because sin will no longer exist, right? Mm-hmm. And so it gives us hope for the future, then it changes our lives today. Man, if you hate those things, right, walk away from sin, because that mm-hmm. is the cause of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Our sin, mankind's sin, is... The consequences are severe. They're awful. And so, you know, I think God uses evil to remind us often of this is not what he wants. This is not what he has in store for us, but this is often what we choose. Right. But
1: not not to say that someone loses a child, looks back and says, how did I sin that God did this? It's just that we live in a world that is suffering. Yes, that's That's good good. clarity, right? Just
2: because, yeah, your child dying is not a result of your direct sin,
0: just the overarching, Sin of mankind. That's good. That's Mm. good clarity. I I was going to bring that up, but in the sense of I didn't disagree with anything you said, but I I knew that that was somebody was probably thinking that. Um, Mm. Let's let's keep going. Let's keep rolling. Um, how do we Christians save non Christians for Christ? Once we get to heaven, we can't. Next question. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. there's there, there You can't, right? The, it's over, right? Yeah. You you get a, a no lot time of, of time up. on earth mm-hmm. and you got to use it wisely. And I do think in heaven, you know, with perfect mindsets, you know, whenever judgment comes that one of the greatest things we will mourn and regret is we didn't use our time
0: on earth wisely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we didn't live by heaven's value system. Urgency. Uh, yeah. With urgency, you know, at the You know, in Revelation, there's there's a period where the book of life gets open, and the book of deeds, the book of works, and you know, a lot of scholars believe the book of deeds isn't going to be like the sins you committed, but necessarily the godly deeds that you committed, Mm -hmm. the the Mm -hmm. people that you invested in, shared you know life with, time and table, and so, Mm -hmm. yeah, good. Um, Next question: A person of another religion asks me, "How are there so many races if it all just started with Adam and Eve?"
1: I don't think genetically we don't really have a problem with a single parents, Adam and Eve, fathering, you know, being ancestors to all the races. You know, over time there are variations. So you do have, you know, Asian characteristics, African characteristics, but European characteristics, but they all trace back. No, no one has a problem in science or the Bible with that tracing back to mm. a single set of parents. Um,
2: yeah, I think that's well said. I mean, I'm not—I'm not a geneticist or doctor mm-hmm. of You're genetics. you not. You
0: don't know everything, Drew. I mean, what the heck? Okay, if you want me, no. Where's my glasses? No.
1: <laughs> you have a week until the next podcast. That's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real. Let's good. All right, let's keep moving. Um, is there biblical support for a percentage of people or people groups needing to have heard about Jesus before he will return? Yeah. So they're asking, can someone?
2: It really is the heart of this question they're asking, can someone be saved without hearing about Jesus? I don't
0: think they're asking that. I think okay. they're just, I they, think they're... That, that sounds like a good
1: corollary to it. That gets all packed in th- there. That, that's but...
0: coming later. Don't, oh, okay. don't spoil oh, okay. somebody okay. else's question, all right? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but the question is, is um, the, the rest of this entry says that a missionary mentioned this to them and they would like more information. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little digging. Um, around this, and Matthew twenty four fourteen talks about Jesus is saying at the end times, he's saying, all nations will hear a testimony. And then the end will come. That's probably mm-hmm. where people get most of this. And there's also
1: the imagery of Revelation where right. every tribe, tongue, every tongue, nation, yeah. tongue is represented in the kingdom, which would seem to imply that we've got to get the gospel to every people group, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, in order for some some representation for that people group to yeah. be in heaven. For sure. So I think that's where, you know, we've seen a lot of campaigns in the past. There was the 1040 window it was talked yeah. about, like here's a whole lot of unreached people groups between latitude 10 and 40 degrees.
0: I, I did some research and yeah. where we're at currently. Okay, there, yeah, there, let's there. hear it. Joshua Project says there are still 7,400 people groups who have never heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that's people groups, not just people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then according to the IMB International Mission Board, it's uh, the number of people is approximately 7.75 billion are in the world, and only 3 billion of those people, 40 percent, Um, Are considered unreached. So there's still 3 billion people in the world who've never heard the gospel. Um, and that should just be a reminder, all yeah. of us. we got that's work to urgency. do. That's the urgency. we got work yeah. to do, right? right? And, you know, that's
2: what I love about Northridge is we, you know, we invested in a village that hadn't heard the gospel, right, yeah. in Mara Mara. And so I think everybody has their part to play, whether it's, hey, I'm going to invest financially in a missionary who's going to go there or I'm going to travel and do missions or, you know, yeah. hey, some people, God's going to call into full-time missions away in, the, in your backyard or, you know, all yeah. the way.
0: Around and, the world and this question may bring up for some person maybe this person to ask or maybe just somebody listening like okay Northridge, what what are we you know doing now? That's great that we invested in a village then, but what are we doing right now? And this is, may seem like a commercial, but listen in December, because uh, in December we're going to have um, our outreach director, Josh Horn on, and he's going to be talking about what are we doing locally yep. and internationally mm-hmm. through Beyond a uh, ministry here at Northridge. That yeah. was a commercial, but I saw my opportunity. We need to charge Beyond for that. Yeah, right? <laughs> Can Beyond <laughs> our be first, a sponsor? Our first sponsor on the podcast. That's right. Yeah. You think that's right. That whole spectrum
1: between I'm so concerned about, you know, I have two children who are far from God, and Mm. I'm rightly heartbroken over that. You know, you think about the people in your own family that you care about. Mm -hmm. But think about those who, like Jim Elliott, say, why would I waste the gospel on people who have heard it a hundred times? I'm going to Ecuador. Is that where you went? I forget exactly. But, um,
0: you know, just to a tribe that's Mm -hmm. never heard. Yeah, amen. All right, well, let's keep moving. Uh, Some more questions around the end times and eternity. So uh, many churches believe in universal salvation, which if you don't know that term, that means that at the end, everybody's going to end up in heaven, essentially. Uh, that God will have mercy on all people from everywhere of all time, and they will eventually end up in heaven. Some believe that they go there immediately. Some believe they go in hell for a short time. But then when God writes the new heaven and new earth, then he'll bring them to himself, be like, okay, you've paid your debt. Now you get to come in. Um, And there are some articles here that were linked that this person um, said, here's some support for this that others who argue this position have. Um, But, what do you think about the position of universal salvation? I just want us to answer that question.
2: I've got a couple of thoughts on this. One, if if that's true, God is a fool, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because he gave up his one and only son to be tortured so everybody could go to heaven eventually, right? Mm-hmm. It, it just to me... that or Just as an object lesson, right?
1: What? It's just crazy stuff like that. Just a moral picture or something. Mm-hmm. No, no, you sacrificed <laughs> your own son.
2: Yeah, and he went through... Yeah, what we would went call hell. yeah, he went through hell for us, and so why would God do that just mm-hmm. to say, "Oh, okay, that was cool," but now everybody gets to come in, and Jesus's words are pretty dang clear: I am the way, the truth, and the life. Guess what? Nobody—that's pretty strong word—comes mm-hmm. to the Father but through me, and so. Mm-hmm. I think that breaks down universal salvation of like, oh, I get to go to hell and somehow in hell I I somehow course correct. I just, yeah, I think here's what's hard about heaven. I think this is the hardest thing for people about heaven is it hurts to know that maybe some people we know are in hell Mm -hmm. and we do everything we can to somehow justify Everybody being in heaven, right? I, I get that, right? Like I, I have friends that I've lost that I, based off of what I know, again, God knows the heart, that didn't know Jesus. And it it crushes me to think that hell is a real place and that they might be there. And so I mm-hmm. think a lot of people in Christianity try to twist and turn God's words to make everybody feel good. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. got to be careful.
1: The, the Yeah, and the pull is so strong. And mm-hmm. that's, that's true. I've mentioned... You know, two of my children who are far from God, and they would they would argue that, right? What kind of God, you know, um, would judge people? You know, not you know, not let them in. I th- I think there's a few things about it. Um, one is, again, we just don't take sin seriously mm. enough, right? Yeah. We're just mm. like, hey, you got problems, I got problems. Oh, you fell, <laughs> oh man, I know. Yeah, I'm I tempted that, by that yeah. as well, too. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just all embrace one another and be authentic yeah. with one another and can't we all just say what's the big deal mm. uh, but it's just to we don't come close i don't come close to understanding the holiness of god yeah. i don't come close to understanding the seriousness of sin i mean it's it's i feel like a crude picture which is just like can you imagine you know committing adultery in full view of your wife mm. i mean it's 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 that it's it's worse than that, yeah. right, in terms of how wrong it is, how it grieves God. And, and we just collectively, you know, don't want to take it seriously in okay. others or in ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the brokenness, you know, mm-hmm. that should characterize us because we are just continually getting a little more yeah. light on yeah. how broken For and real. sinful, you know, that yeah. we are. Mm-hmm. So there's some pride to it, right, because yeah. we think yeah. we're doing okay. But that, that, that current is strong. Mm, yeah. I was listening to Aaron Rodgers talk, you know, about, you know, he, he grew up in California in a Christian home. He was involved with Young Life, but he had a friendship mm-hmm. with Rob Bell who wrote Love Wins. Yeah. And now he's just like, how can anyone believe in a God who would send people to hell? Mm, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I, the pull is strong, yeah. you know, uh, so many children and Christian families get well, sucked into And what's that.
2: funny in, a, in our current culture, right, that mentality, right, if we took that mentality and placed it on our justice system here, right,
1: mm-hmm.
2: how could anybody send Larry Nassau to jail, right? Right? We would all be like, no, that guy deserves to be in jail, mm. but we don't take that same mentality and apply it to us, right? right? And yeah. God is a God of justice. We have to remember that. He is holy, and His holiness requires Him to punish sin, mm-hmm. right? And so He made a way where He like, think about how amazing that is. He mm-hmm. made a way so he would, through Jesus, that we would be made righteous again. Mm-hmm. But everybody's
1: mad. He's still provided a way. Right. Yeah. Universal hell is more consistent than universal heaven.
0: Yeah. 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 I think a few a few thoughts just surrounding this is, is, one, I think people don't have a problem with Jesus being a way. The problem is is when he says, I'm the only way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's the major problem. Um, mm-hmm. But just jumping off uh, what you said, Brad, about sin is um you know looking at Jesus as the perfect human our perfect example he isn't an example no that's not the only thing he was but he was an example mm-hmm. and, and so what i feel like theologically what that teaches us is when we sin it actually makes us less human not more human right. mm-hmm. but we in our ter- our culture think oh man you got problems i got problems too it's like we're all just right. human we're all human mm-hmm. we all make mistakes and like that's the lane we fall in It's was like actually it, you're make, you're becoming less and less human mm-hmm when we live in the more and more you live in sin, because you're not living in the way God actually designed you to. It's Mm -hmm. like you're when you when you purge sin from your life and follow Christ, you're actually becoming more human. You're following in his footsteps. So so we have it we have it backwards. Mm -hmm. Um because we don't think sin is serious. Right. And we we have that backwards. And the last thing I'll say is Jesus talked a lot more about hell than he did about heaven. Mm. And he used the word eternal a lot. Uh, just read through the Gospels yeah. and look at every time he says they will, you know, at, this happens and then the eternal judgment, mm. then the eternal fire, then the eternal, like, right. he, he talks about hell a lot more yeah. than he talks about, mm-hmm. you know, heaven um, in, in those perspectives. Mm. Um, yeah. It's not, it's not an easy, it's, it's an easy. It's not easy. Yeah, it's, it's very easy.
1: easy. I mean... Uh, the right responses for me to change my life, yeah. you know, and yeah. and for me also to face the regrets of like all my missed opportunities. You yeah, know? let
2: Jesus change your life. Mm. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, we we don't change our lives; right. Christ does. Yeah, and I know that's what you meant. Yeah, right? yeah. just yeah. to bring clarity. <laughs> right. Thanks for Little the Well Jesus juke hey, in
1: there for you. Jesus <laughs> <Jew> there. <Woo! laughs> <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. I, I white knuckle it way yeah. too often. That's
0: true. And me that's too. real. All right. Next question. Um, I'll give a little context for this one because if I just read the question, we're going to be like, what? <laughs> so in Revelation 22, I think specifically it's verse 14. Um, it talks about the dogs being outside the new Jerusalem in heaven. The dogs. That's what. Abraham I have a feels. feeling, Brad, this is going to be one of your questions <laughs> to answer. I
1: don't even know this verse. <laughs> uh,
0: so I told you, it didn't say cats. Everybody hear that? It
2: didn't say Cats.
0: I'm just kidding, uh, but you may want to rebuttal after we read the full question. Uh, so, uh, if you, if you want me to read the verse, a hundred percent, I'll read it. I, I threw it into the my question so I Dog could sense. I could have it. Okay. Um, and so, who in Revelation 22, out? verse 14, it said, "Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may be right um, to the tree of life." And go through the gates into the new city. Verse 15. Outside are the dogs, Ooh. those who practice magic arts, oh. sexual immorality, not the worse. murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. <laughs> I thought it was literal dogs. <laughs> yeah, No, it's not dogs. And they outside. They not inside. All right. They outside dogs. My dogs. <laughs> okay. All right. We're tearing. All right. Here we go. Here we go who is that? (laughs) That's basically the question. Who are the dogs? Who, who who is it that is living outside that new city, Jerusalem? Those
1: are, those are sinners. Those are, those are people who are locked out of the kingdom. Those are people under judgment. Those are people whose lives are controlled by sin. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty clear who they are, right? The
2: dogs is just kind of like a referring to, you know, it's not a a nice word for Mm -hmm. them, right? It's, some yeah. people who are far from God, the people who are practicing evil. Yeah, yeah. not
1: all cultures loved dogs the way we do. No. I, yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. Yeah, a, a dog was a very not nice word yeah. to, mm-hmm. to in, describe somebody. Yeah, in
0: the New Testament, using the word dog was was very derogatory. Yeah, um, in that room, room, and then. Also, when you see in the New Testament Gentiles being referenced, a lot of the times that's just a reference of someone who's not a follower of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we read that as like, oh, the nations. It's like, oh, yeah, all peoples or non-Jewish people. But a lot of the times it's being used as a metaphor of like somebody who is not a follower yeah, pagan. of Jesus, a pagan. And it has like really... A lot of times, no reference to their ethnic identity at all. No, um, it's 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 really just tied into their identity. Are you a follower of Jesus or are you not? And mm-hmm. if you're not, you're a Gentile. You're mm-hmm. you're not a follower of the way. And so, in in summation, who's living outside the New City in Jerusalem? It's people that are not following Jesus who are in hell. Yeah. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what Randy Alcorn says. I found an article um, where he references that, and other scholars are in line with that. Um, interpretation as well. Whoever asked that question, great job reading, right? Good like job.
2: you, you obviously have to be reading your Bible yeah, to, it's like, to, what? Who's to ask these questions. Yeah. So great job.
0: Yeah. And little teaser for the Revelation series coming.
2: Yeah, we're it's, in about six months. We're going to be grinding <laughs> through. I'm sure we're going to be doing this again. We're right? this is, to...
0: Hey, ask
1: your question. Get I'm, ready. Actually, a list of questions <laughs> actually I'm
2: probably, yeah, great great learning lesson.
1: John do Calvin not ask your questions. John wrote a commentary on every book of the Bible uh, except Revelation. That's right. If he threw up his hands, Drew, you boldly go where no man has send gone before Send your questions you. to
0: D. Karshner and <laughs> yeah. send them. They will be forwarded. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, let's keep rolling uh, in this. So next question. Is it a sin to be afraid of death and leaving this world, even though we know how wonderful heaven will be?
2: Yeah, that's a tough question. I think it depends what what level of fear you're at, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The Bible consistently says, do not be afraid, right? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean we can't feel the emotion of fear. So man, are are there times where I'm afraid of of dying? Sure. I think that's a natural human emotion. But I think you have to be careful when that level of fear grows to where it paralyzes you, where you can't do what you're called to do, where you are so trapped and consumed with that fear that you have anxiety and worry over it. So... um, I think you have to gauge where your fear is at. Do Do I want to die? I would answer that question, yes and no, right? Like, yes, I can't wait to die and go to be in heaven, but I am I am a nervous of, like, how I'm going to die. Is it going to be painful? Yeah. Like, these are all natural human emotions. Sure. But that fear of death doesn't keep me from living a normal life, doing the things God has called me to do.
1: Yeah, that's I think good. that's... I said, I think, weeks before... Fear of death and fear of dying are two different things, mm-hmm. right? I mean, death, I'm gonna be with the Lord, but dying I've I've been with my, you know, parents and others who've died and it's 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 not pleasant, but God can be very, very yeah. present. Um yeah. In that, and I think the, oh, I think God
2: uses the natural fear of death to draw people oh, to Himself, right? Absolutely. Like as you get closer to death, a lot of people are willing to break down the walls of their heart as they're getting ready yeah, to die. Softened, yeah. Like the thief on the cross is a right. great example. Sure. Like he knows he's gonna die. He's mm. next to Jesus, and I think some of that fear of like what's gonna absolutely. happen to me, I have drew moments him like, <laughs> to Jesus. Moments.
1: Yeah, right. Absolutely. And you mentioned before, like do not fear that that shows up. A lot, angels show up, and they always say, "Do not fear." You know, don't be you know troubled or anxious. That I know it's grammatically a command, but it really is an encouragement. Sure, yeah, it's a comfort. I mean, even Jesus Himself in the Garden, those same words of anxiety is applied, you know, to to Him. So, is He faced death and wrath and the cross? You know, He had anxiety uh, about it, but He had trust and faith and was obedient. Yeah. good. That's good.
0: That's it. I love it. All right, this next question could be wordy, and it could be a little complicated, but I I trust you guys. Um, How do we reconcile, or do we even need to? This is me ad-libbing right here. Uh, The idea of ghosts or spirits with the concept of heaven and hell. There's so many ghost stories out there that we've heard throughout the centuries. Is it possible for there to be a third spiritual realm, like purgatory? This is in the question. Um, Or... Is there just a movement of spirits from there? What's going on here, Drew? The spirits, the heaven, the hell?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Can you
0: contact the other side? That's
2: Okay, so let's bring some clarity to this, right? I think the Bible makes it clear that there is a spiritual realm, right? Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I forget where it is, but it says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against the powers of hell, right? So demons, right, I think... I think if we had our eyes open to the spiritual realm and what is around us, I think it would blow our minds. We would right? need that
0: angel to come say, do not be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I,
2: I think when we get to heaven, we'll see times where angels protected us and yeah. fought a battle over us, right? And I think it will it will literally shock us, like, oh my word, I did not know that was all going on
0: because
2: mm. I couldn't see it. Yeah. Right. But I think let's not confuse that with ghosts, right? Like Halloween, we just celebrated like a ghost of like someone mm-hmm. coming back and haunting us. No, I don't think that's real. Um, I do believe in demons and angels and the spiritual battle for our souls for yeah. our protection. I do think that's very real and is going on every day, and we. We get caught up so much in flesh and blood that we often forget about yeah. the powers that we, we don't see, that we often don't think exist. You
0: know, I think our culture is one of the first cultures who aren't aren't big on the spiritual realm. You know, you go to other cultures, even today um, in Africa and places like that, they put a huge, mm. huge emphasis on the spiritual realm. And, and the Bible is a spiritual Book and so yeah. I'll, I'll bring some clarity and it looks like Brad, you got some things in this and so you know God smokes flying right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I see it see you in your eyes the
1: gears are being
0: and so um, you know first I would say this person's probably curious and I'm just guessing I'm presupposing that this person's probably curious about maybe loved ones that have passed away are like they floating around can they can they be my guardian angel and the answer that's no um, God did make angelic beings that those are the angelic beings who are the spiritual forces Mm -hmm. um and then some of them fell uh with lucifer satan the the devil however you want to whatever you want to call him the adversary uh when he rebelled against god we see, see some places in isaiah and ezekiel where where we see some insight into the what happened there in that moment um and then there are Positive forces of, of God and negative forces that went with Satan, That those are the powers at B. When when somebody dies here on this earth, a human being, they go to either be with God in intermediate heaven, or if they weren't a follower of God, they go to, they go to hell. That's yep. where their spirit yep, lies yep. in that regard. So that's my clarity. Brad?
1: Oh, I don't have much to add to that. I mean, those are all excellent answers. Um, I just think, yeah, I was just kind of thinking about you said that we're a less... Maybe less ghost or spiritually obsessed culture than yeah, some others, sure. but uh, I don't know. How you think about that? I mean, every time you try to squash that out, it it keeps popping back up. Right? I mean, yeah. There's, there's tons of entertainment and stories and for
0: sure. right. You know,
1: you know, fantasies, you know, about that sort of thing. Um, I think but, we
0: are. I think in the Christian subculture of the West, like mm-hmm. our Western world, we yeah. are like we try to. Even those difficult passages in the Bible, where it's like seems like something super spiritual happened, we almost try to like, oh, let me let me despiritualize this so we can understand it. Like we're mm-hmm. functionally acting like as Gnostics mm-hmm. at times, um, and we we don't let the Bible be a spiritual book at times. Yeah, um, yeah. You know.
1: I to I mean I'll say this and danger of muddying the waters. You know, so what was mentioned before was all these ghost stories. So there's always there's ghost stories, and those should all be set aside or at least put on a lower plane than biblical stories, right? Mm-hmm. We want to see what is the, you know, let's look at some of the things happening yeah. in the Bible. And you do have that one troublesome story where Sam, uh, Saul, right, yeah. summons the ghost of yeah. Samuel, right, mm-hmm. yeah. to come back. So I was just like, I kind of wish that story wasn't in the Bible <laughs> sure. because it just kind of confuses things. Sure. I mean, that was pre-Christ. I mean, it was all these different, you know, strange things. But, uh, yeah, I don't see, yeah, the Bible seems pretty clear. Yes, intermediate heaven's pretty pretty well walled off, you know, from yeah. here.
2: And thinking just about when we get saved, Part of the spiritual world enters us, right? Mm. The Holy Spirit, right? We all believe the Holy Spirit exists, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. We, we don't see him. I'm like, mm. oh, wait. <laughs> you know, I guess no one can see me <laughs> looking at <in> my clothes. <laughs> some can, some can't. <laughs> right? But like, that's part of the spiritual world like that, that we have access to mm-hmm. that lives in us that yeah. we don't see but is very present in our life.
1: Yeah, that yeah, is the big question. Seems to me is just the concept of transcendence, right? We live in a very secular. I mean, to be educated in the West is likely to be atheistic, likely to be mm. a scientific materialist. Yeah, that physical. only what we can measure and see yep. exists. Nothing yep. else is beyond that. That's a big, that's a big divide between those who believe that only matter and energy—that's all that exists—versus mm. there is an ultimate, another reality, yep, yeah. which we that's firmly
0: good. believe. Yep. <laughs> All right. Next question. Will we have free will or freedom of thought um, in heaven, or will we be so fixated on God's glory? We won't need to think about anything else. Will we have the same thoughts 100% of the time that God has because we'll be so tethered to his mind? Um, either, yeah, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I. Drew's far more gracious in answering
1: this question. At some point, I just get, I, my, right. I get, I go, get impatient, <laughs> you know, but it's just, I think that's such an impoverished view of what righteousness looks like. Like, we think good people are boring, like righteous people are boring. Mm, you know, yeah. they just, it's just like, you know, where's the fun in that? Mm. But I mean, to look at Christ who lived full righteousness. I mean, he was not a robotic autom, autom- you know, sure. a- automaton, whatever was. But anyway, you know, moving, you know, moving through the motions. I mean, he had a full spectrum of passions and feelings and these relationships and mm-hmm. engagement and the rest and, you know, yet he was 100% aligned with the will of God. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think like we get obsessed with this with the will of God, that there's like one exactly right choice or mm. path to follow. No, there's many yeah. choices that please God. Yeah. Here's all kinds of ways you can live your life glorifying God, you know, as a doctor, as a pastor, yeah. as a ditch digger, you That's know, right. whatever. There's all kinds of things. So it's just, I think we, we somehow think that it's limited or boring or... Mm. To mm. say that there's no choice or freedom, I... I think there's probably be a rich experience.
2: Yeah, and we see it in Revelation 6, right? They they ask God, mm-hmm. "Hey, when 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 how long we got to wait?" So they obviously have some thoughts going in their head that mm-hmm. You know, God hasn't given them full clarity on. And so they're they're thinking, like, oh God, when, when are you gonna do this? Right? So there is freedom to think. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, it's gonna be completely different than what our our earthly minds can relate relate to, because I do think
0: every thought what we have will align with God's thoughts. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we'll be purged. I, again, so we've talked about this multiple times. We'll be purged from our sinful desires. Yes. Like that's that's continually that's came more out. freedom But yeah. in, in less.
2: <laughs> exactly. It is way more freedom. And it's like Brad says, when we are aligned with the will of God, it doesn't mean that there's only one path to take, right? Mm. You can worship
0: God in so many ways and there's freedom in that, Mm -hmm. so. Hallelujah. Mm. All right, Drew, do fun and games exist in heaven. Do fun games? The fun and games. That's the next question. Hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. I, I listen. I Praise I don't know how winning and losing
2: is going to go. I just know I'm going to win. Right. That's right. <laughs> no, no. Praise the Lord. Right. But yes, yeah, so I think we're going to laugh. We're going to play games. We're going to yeah. dance. We're going to sing. I, I think a lot of the things that I talked about. You know, Sunday, the joys of the earth that you love in a better and godly way are going to be awesome. That's right. What think does,
1: it, does the NFL look like in heaven? Think about this.
2: <laughs> I can tell <laughs> you, know, you. God's team you know, wins. Most... <laughs> God always...
0: <laughs> Speaking of, the, just a shout out to... Thanks know, for listening this week. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, we still got a little bit more left. Uh, yeah, I mean, think of a, a fun wedding that you've been to, right? Not, mm-hmm. not a boring one. Like, it's supposed to be a picture of what heaven will be like. It's a marriage ceremony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we have some flawed views of what some things that may happen at weddings but yeah, yeah it's that's what's supposed to mm. be. All right, next question um in this how do I speak to my children about heaven without making it sound like a fairy tale?
2: Mm. This is great. Um I you know, recently I've had the opportunity to do that, right? I think, you know, one thing that's that you know, we talked earlier about how, you know, evil and death and sin, right? But You know, death actually has given me an opportunity with my kids to talk about heaven more because, you know, my dad died and, you know, kids are not dumb. Right. Mm -hmm, They pick up on so much. And my my kids would often ask, like, hey, where's pop? What is he doing? What's heaven like? And so I think, you know, using opportunities such as death to, to talk to your kids as not dummies, but as kids who can understand who can get it. Um, I've seen my kids grasp of heaven and eternity grow, and they're seven, five, and four, mm. right? And so, um, how do we make it not a fantasy? I think teaching the truth, right? So, like, don't overplay heaven. Teach it the way the the Word of God says it's a place we should long for, a place mm-hmm. where you know where you get brush burns and it hurts like there won't be any more of those things one one of the things my kids often like over exaggerate is the pain that they do the cut like anytime there's a cut or a brush burn like you would think you know they've been shot right and just to talk about to your kids like hey God's made a home for us if we believe in him and we Mm. trust him, right? Those are important things. So don't just talk about heaven without talking about the way to get to heaven to your kids. (laughs) But like he's made a way where you don't have to experience this anymore. The pain
0: that you feel, like make it a real place. Yeah. Uh, There's a follow-up question that another uh, parent sent in about a four-year-old that they equate heaven with death, and it Mm. makes them nervous, scared for heaven. Um, How Mm. would you... Help if that was one of your kids. I mean, you have a four-year-old. How would how would that help? How would you help as a dad?
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think I've went through this season with my my four-year-old Ruby K, where you know, anytime you talked about heaven, it correlated with Pop's death, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think you 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 defeat that fear by talking about the benefits of heaven, right? Yeah, Um, you talk about what Pop is going to be doing. You know, even I, I mentioned this on Sunday. Um, My kids would pray for protection over Pop. They would Mm. pray for make sure Pop's okay and just saying, hey, guys, hold on. I know we interrupted a prayer. Lord, forgive us, right? (laughs) But just saying to our kids, like, hey, you don't need to do that anymore. Mm. Pop is good. He's in the best place ever, right? And so death now becomes something that my kids, this sounds morbid, but not Mm. look forward to but aren't afraid of, right? Because there is an option. There's an upgrade after death. Mm -hmm. There's... Uh, A a future after death Mm. that I think you can instill in your children. And again, I want to say this really, I think this is really important. I think parents do, um, I do this a lot, is like I downplay how much I think my kids can understand. Mm. And I think they understand a lot more than you give them credit for. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it in my kids. Like every once in a while, you know, my kids will say, man, pop, like they'll say something about pop and be like, yeah, he's with Jesus and he's dancing and singing and his heart is okay. And I'm like, where, where did that come from, right? And mm. I think it comes from us instilling in our kids the truth about heaven.
1: Yeah, I, I love those answers, and I love these questions, because mm. to me that really gets to the comfort of heaven. Praise God that we have that comfort. I'm just trying to imagine, you know, atheist parents, mm. you know, and just mm. trying to comfort their kids, you know, at their grandparents' funeral Yeah. Or, or whatever, and I'm not saying that's an argument for or against truth, you know. Sure. But, yeah. but just to say, in that situation, we have a hope, yeah. and it's not just a desire, right? It's just like, well, I believe in heaven because it's better than the alternative, right? No, mm. I believe we believe in heaven because a man came from heaven, God yeah. Himself, Jesus, yeah. and showed His triumph over death you yeah. know um and those are pretty strong credentials to yeah. argue <laughs> for right. what comes you know comes later yeah
0: absolutely Well, guys, thanks so much for listening or watching to this week of A Little Better. Uh, And we're not done yet. And so we have more heaven questions uh, to come. Sure, more will come. (laughs) And I'm sure that more will be rolling in. Thanks so much for being an active listener, engaging with us, sending in questions. Continue to do so. Uh, And we can't wait to hang out with you again next week on A Little Better.